Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Between Two Pete's. No, wait, that's not true at all. That's not, there are no Pete's in here. Uh, between Two Walls. Is what you were about to say professional? Nope. On, <laughs> Is what you were about to say matter? Yeah. On, Ever. On a, a CTAF that you can hear for, I don't know, 100 miles, maybe? Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, stop making meow sounds on, uh, on guard. On guard. Or uh, what is it? What's I it? love listening to Guard. It's the Wild West on there. Hey, dude, it is. <laughs> I really got to figure out how to use this label maker. Oh, it's the Dymo. It's easy. You turn the power on. Uh huh. You know what? Oh, I was saying, you know what helps is batteries. But I put batteries in it. What, what do you want? What do you want for your first label? I don't know. I tried to print one that said boobs and put it on Ashley, but she did not find that humorous. Okay, so I shouldn't do the boobs one. You know, boobs is eight zero zero eight. <laughs> we should just record a podcast should we this is another episode oh man remember flying that's fun vaguely at this point yeah <laughs> this is a podcast life adventures with pete and simpson two guys talking about their travel and life adventures across the world. So what are we going to talk about on this episode? Airplanes! <laughs> and there goes everybody's earphones. You're welcome. I yelled it away from the microphone. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <sighs> Airplanes. And to follow suit with the, the previous episode, because these will come out back to back. I hope so. The Where we did top 10 airports. Yeah. We wanted to add to that our top... 10-ish, because I'm looking at that list and I don't think that's 10. I think that's uh, 11. 11, yeah. That's <laughs> yes. Top 11 mm-hmm. airliners. Air. No, no, that's 10 because the, yeah. the bottom two are boom, 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 ones. The bottom? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we previously discussed airports that we love to travel to. And don't like to travel to. Yep. Looking at you, LaGuardia. Yeah. La garbage, La kid. garbage kid. Get these stunners, kid. <laughs> Gotta get yourself a fresh pair of stunners, kid. <laughs> the making this list, and this list specifically is for commercial, commercial airliners. Right. And not necessarily current, but I, I think the list was put together based off of aircraft we have actually flown on before. Correct. So you can't put like the constellation the or space anything shuttle. like that. Yeah. Well, the space shuttle is not a commercial aircraft. It's a it is commercial. No. Yeah. No. Why isn't it commercial? Mm, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Oh, yeah. what? I don't yeah, think this, right. this is ever going to happen again. Nope. Mark nope. your calendars, boys and girls. Simpson was right. <gasps> and also kind of a jerk about it. Oh, why do you got to be such a jerk? Anyway. Anyways, so first one that we have, and again, as a disclaimer, this is in no particular order. No order whatsoever. The first aircraft that we have on the list is a ride that I took once, which was on a DC-10. DC-10 is pretty cool. Tri-motor. Pretty cool cool airplane. Got three, three, uh, three engines on it. This particular aircraft was a Northwest DC-10, so that gives you an idea as to the 
time period as to when this was. And I want to say this was probably 2001 or 2002. Yeah, I was say early 2000s. Yeah. And this was a flight we were going to. This was actually when I was in college, actually. Oh, really? I think about, because this was a flight team trip oh. to the national competition at the uh, University of North Dakota. Oh, you guys... So when I went to school, they didn't have the flight team. Yeah, I was there the last year that it existed. Ah, uh, bummer. Yeah. That flight team going away is the reason why I was like, mm, maybe the school thing's not for me. Because that was like a big motivator for me because I was like, I'm competitive. Sure. Yes. yes very I competitive. like airplanes. Yep. Yes. This makes sense for me. Let yeah, me do that. Maybe so anyways. Should, maybe we should make our own flight team. I don't think that's, I think we have to be like accredited. Is uh, this an accredited podcast? It's an accredited. By the, it's unaccredited by the board of- The American Podcast Association, the APA? The, the American Dodgeball Association, <laughs> the ADAs. The ADAs. So this was a, you know, when you're in college and you're flying with a team for college, mm -hmm. it's never the direct route that you get to where you're going. Oh, it's the and cheapest. we were going to North Dakota. So we flew, I believe, I believe we flew in an MD-80. No, 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 no. I remember now. We flew an A320 from Manchester mm -hmm. to Detroit. Mm -hmm. We flew... The DC-10 from Detroit to Minneapolis-St. Paul. Mm -hmm. And then we flew a BAE-146. What? I get it. From Minneapolis-St. Paul to Grand Forks, North Dakota. I think I know what you're talking about, the BA-46. Yeah. It's 146. A, yeah, it's a impressive aircraft if you're looking for way underperforming, way underperforming in terms of economy and also comfort and style and class. <laughs> Oh, wow. This thing's pretty slick. The uh, Arvo Ar of Arvo. The Arvo. Arvo, yeah. Av Avro. 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 Yes. Huh. The RJ, what they call it, RJ80 or something like that. Lycoming made the engine? No. That's well, what it maybe. says. Engine type Lycoming. I would be surprised if Briggs and Stratton didn't make those engines. Oh, really? You think so? Yeah. It was an awful airplane. But anyways, on that trip, the DC-10 was the only time that I've been fortunate enough to fly on a DC-10 because as my career in aviation has grown, you know, I came into it as the DC-10 was unfortunately on its way out of passenger service. Today, only flown here domestically by cargo carriers. Right. It's actually, so it was like homing, but it was bought by Honeywell. Oh, okay. Yeah. What a garbage airplane. Anyway. Anyways, the DC-10. <laughs> Let's focus so, on the good one. The DC-10 was a great aircraft. It's uh, very similar to the experiences with the 737 MAX mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. When the DC-10 first came into service, it had some very notable failures that yeah. caused the loss of life and had a rough track record, but you know, it was a good airplane in my opinion. Yeah. It's once they got, once they got past the, the ADs and stuff like that, it, yep. it, it was good. And I enjoyed flying it. The one thing that I, I remember this at the time was the largest aircraft I'd ever flown on yeah. because you know, I wasn't flying a lot. I was younger mm -hmm. and the DC 10 is a big, if I recall correctly, it was a three, four, three configuration. Yep. Um, Sounds about right. In, in economy. And I remember we landed we landed not so gingerly mm -hmm. and 50% of the overhead cabins opened as we hit. It was like, poof, just bags going <laughs> everywhere. But that was, that. that's more of a Northwest operation than a reflection directly on the DC-10. Sure. I think from a, you know, good looking airplane category, I think the DC-10 is a gorgeous looking airplane, especially the MD-11 variant. And the thing that I like about it. Really? This yeah. Is, so I, I find them to be not very elegant. So I'm in. So curious to hear your there's some of the styling on it is it's old school to me is what I like. Okay. So retro. It's got a very aggressive swept wing compared to modern airliners today. Okay. It's much more swept. It has the cockpit is substantially further forward of the nose gear. So it has that big swing when it parks with the nose swinging all the way around that I really like. These are very like interesting things that 
you are like identifying. Like no one would think, you know, the cockpit being ahead of the nose gear and having a, a giant sweeping turning radius. Well, it's almost fighter jet like in that sense. Because uh, like fighter jets are like that also. Yes. Now I see it. Now I'm getting into the psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a I think it's a good looking aircraft. OK. You know, agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, it reminds me. <clears throat> so people call the MD 80s mad dogs, right? Obviously, MD mad dog. Yeah. And it's kind of like it has that persona of a rough and tumble kind of like, yeah, it'll get you there. I feel like the MD 80 was uh, excuse me. The um, DC 10 was also like. That. Yeah, that was uh, that was that's what it was known for. Same was, with the MD 11. Yeah. Right. It, and it ended up being a very good, durable aircraft. And the, yeah. the Air Force still flies them today for and tankers. I mean, FedEx and UPS. I think UPS has. Them, yep. They right? have them. So, I mean, they're using them, obviously, at a very high utilization. Yep. So, huh, interesting. That so, is the DC-10. So, let's flip it around. So, that was kind of an older plane, right? I would yep. say mainly from commercial service retired, but mainly retired aside from that because even FedEx and UPS are starting to retire them in the long term for, you know, newer aircraft or, or aircraft that are in commercial service now being retired uh, to the cargo operators. I mean, so. if we wanted to go like an age of operation order on this list. There's there's one that's older. The MD-80? No, 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 the 727. Oh, 7-2, yeah. yeah. So that's that's another one. I didn't fly, I so I did fly in the 7-2, but it was very early on. It was when I was a kid and my sister was living out in Seattle. And I think it was, I think it was Delta. We connected in Chicago. So it was either Delta or United. We went Boston, Chicago, Seattle. So it must have been United would probably that make sense. That probably makes sense. sense that it was United. Yeah, so we flew in a 7 uh, 727. It could have been Southwest also they had 727s back in the day yeah but it, we southwest wasn't really popular up in boston yeah that's true yeah they weren't so, in that area yeah so yeah pan am i didn't fly that but you flew the pan am 727. i did fly pan am 727 so why so one thing that you so why on northwest was the northwest dc-10 one of the things that you put on there what what made it because i like the dc-10 and okay nor, so the, nor, northwest was the only one that okay 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 so it wasn't it wasn't the, the airline had made it because i think there's no. two there's two variables here it's the aircraft itself but it's also yeah. like for instance we have a number of one particular model on here. Yes. Actually, we have a couple of different models on here that are flown by two different operators. Yeah. And I think those are two different experiences. And that's fair. I mean, I would probably asterisk the DC-10 and say DC-10. Also, I flew it on Northwest, but Northwest isn't what made it. It was the aircraft right. that okay. made it for me. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me about the Pan Am 727. So Pan Am 727. This was, again, this was early 2000s, maybe 2001. Okay. Yeah. When Pan Am was still in operation, because that was like the wind down, right? This was a reboot operation of Pan Am. So they were only flying 727s and strap in for this one. Jetstream 31s. Ooh, wait, Jetstreams, they flew those out of Hanscom, didn't they? They flew them, yeah, they did fly them yeah, out of Hanscom. They had, they had some jet screams. Yep, jet, jet screams. And they would fly the 727 from Portsmouth to Worcester, Worcester to Sanford, Sanford, Florida to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and then backtrack. And that is uh, such an interesting route. Yeah, this was, this was uh, you know, the early 2000s when people were trying to, you know, throw enough stuff at the wall and we'll see what sticks yeah. <laughs> for this this whole post, uh, post 9-11 uh, world. Yeah. And and I was looking at a school. I was thinking at the time I was going to probably not go back to Daniel Webster. And I was looking at schools that were in Sanford. Sanford, so yep. Yeah. I worked at Worcester Airport. We went and spoke. Me and my friend Ryan went and spoke to the guy that ran the Pan Am desk there. And I said, well, we got to get a couple tickets. We got to go to Sanford. And he goes, yeah, sure. When do you want to go? And he just, he's literally typing on the computer and he goes, all right, you're all set. And I was like, oh, I thought we were going to have to pay for that. We didn't pay for that. You just put us on the flight. Oh, that's awesome. And then we went. 
And it was awesome. We get down there and we're going to Delta Academy because yep. that's what we were yeah, looking at. Yeah, that was there. Because I remember when I was in uh, looking at schools, Bridgewater was yep. also a Delta Academy at school at the time. And I mean, that was the reason why I didn't go there because I didn't want, because it was outsourced and I didn't, I didn't yep. like the, being outsourced anyway. So we get down there and I was like, oh, it looks like the terminal is here and the school that we're going to is here. We just got to go out and around. This is before Uber. Yep. We didn't have any money whatsoever. <laughs> we didn't have rent. We're not old enough to rent a car. So I was like, we'll just walk there and then we'll get a cab from there and go to the hotel. And that walk was several miles because you had to go <laughs> all the way out and around. Oh, the you had to go around the airport. Yeah. yeah. So, but the 727 was a... a a fun airplane. I like the aircraft that have the engines in the back. Why? Because I think when you ride in the front, I think it's a nice, comfortable ride. It's quieter. Sure. It's less bumping and banging. Yep. It's, Vibrations are a little bit lower. I think they just look more elegant uh, okay. with that long nose. It's interesting. Okay. And we have another one on here that is a similar setup that we'll yep. talk about. But any other uh, tidbits or features of the 727 in particular? Or the, how, was, how was the ride on Pan Am? Was it... Oh, that Something. was a tired airplane. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. so again, it's There's, not. It's one of those separate things that it's not airline related. The 727 had a unique feature, which was it has its own air stairs in it. Yeah, that's pretty cool in the in back. In the back, yeah. Which also doubled as a tail stand. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. That doubles as. Also, that's why all the, you'd see them all the time with the air stairs down when they're loading and unloading the aircraft, even if they're not loading via the air stairs, because it, it doubles as a tail stand for the aircraft. Huh. Because, you know, weight and balance. And the, there is a, what is it? It's a urban legend that you can open the air stairs in flight. In flight. Because there was a guy that I think he robbed a bank or something, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. I think it was a bank. I'm not sure. And apparently hijacked the airplane and then was able to skydive out of the airplane via the air stairs, which I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. One of That's those, weird. What, yeah. happened, what happened to Elvis? What happened to Jimmy Hoffa? Yep. What happened to D.B. Cooper? Yeah, what happened to urban. Hans Gruber? <gasps> he fell from the tower. <laughs> we know. We know what happened to him. So I thought, you know, it's a unique <clears throat> aircraft. And again, similar to the DC-10 for me, it had a very aggressive swept wing. Yeah. And I really do think that the, the wings that you see today on the more modern airlines really? are a little bit more straight compared to what you had back then. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I've, I've, I would, done, I've done no scientific research. I was research just saying, is there this. any research to I'm, back this up? I'm basing this off of eyeballing. I'm sure we could actually look it up and look at the dimensions. There and stuff is like that absolutely some dimensions. Because there are up. nerds out there that have this information. I love when I do something and I look at you and you're like, is he done? Can we go on? Yeah, okay, that, we're good. That didn't land. No, it landed. Trust me. No, it didn't land. So <laughs> DC-10-727. Yeah. So let's Where to next? Let's continue the uh, the genre, if you will, of older style rear-mounted engines. Oh, aircraft. Okay. So the MD-80. So I the MD-80. talking about. Yeah. MD-80-717-200, which is really a, what, uh, MD-92 or something like that, I guess. That's, yeah. But that was, yeah, that was, it was post, owned by Boeing at yeah. that point. Well, yeah. They, it was that. post, post uh, McDonnell Douglas and Boeing merger. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take over on this one because I, I used to fly, you know, if you heard me in previous episodes talk about, I flew a lot on Delta for about uh, almost two years. And there is one particular aircraft that I was fond of. It was the 717, actually. I like that one more so than probably the MD-80. The MD-80, I mean, they, they have some uh, similar characteristics. I think the 717 is a little bit wider, but I just liked it. it. It seemed a little bit newer. And this is, I think, a, a case different from the other two aircraft that we talked about that is a little bit different is that it's more so the airline. So I've flown on MD-80s on other airlines, uh, American Airlines uh, being one of them that I flew an MD-83 on or something like that. And I found that the ride, similar to your point, I like the aircraft with the engines in the back. It's a little bit quieter up front. It's like gliding. In the yeah. Front. It's yeah. like you're just, it's, 
It's very quiet. To me, it's like as close as I could get to feeling like Superman. Especially, yeah, <laughs> especially when you you when you get into cruise and they they throttle back the engines, it gets very quiet. And I think it's actually the what I've picked up on. It's when they pull the slats up. As soon as the slats come up, it yep. gets way quieter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the whole there's a lot of fuselage ahead of the the wings. Yep. That you get this. Um, it, it's a unique feeling as far as uh, the pitch goes when you're departing and and kind of coming into an approach. And of course, there's also great visibility. Oh, yeah. And they're they're pretty, you know, nose high on approaches, which is always a little bit unnerving because I'm like, oh, we're kind of dragging it in here anyway. Yeah. So the MD-80, I really like, enjoyed the MD-80 pretty much for those those reasons. Uh, and also, I think Delta has a great product with those, even though they're kind of getting retired. Uh, I think the 717 sticking around for a little while. They acquired yep. those from Southwest for when they merged with Airtran, Airtran yeah. yeah, which is funny because I actually flew an Airtran 717. Yeah, I flew on it once. Um, out of D.C., but and, and they really loved getting those seats in there. What it, do you mean? it was cramped. Oh yeah, yeah. That it was, was probably some of the worst legroom I've ever had. Oh in yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it was good. I, like I also like in that aircraft because it's a two-three configuration. You can uh, end up on the two side, which yep. it's a win. You're either yep. a window seat or an aisle seat, and yep. that's a win. You're not getting stuck in the middle seat. I agree. I agree with you on that one. I do. I am partial to the window seats. So yeah, me too. It's it's always nice, especially on a little bit of a longer flight. You can just ask one person to get up if you need to use the bathroom. Yep. The one thing that I disliked, and it came up a couple of times, is performance. So yep. aircraft performance. So we were coming out of uh, Atlanta, going to Manchester one night. Okay. And there was a cloud layer at, we'll call it 30,000 feet. So they had to burn fuel for a little bit in cruise before they could climb to 32,000. So we were stuck in this cloud layer, just getting, I wouldn't say tossed around pretty good, but we were getting, it was pretty bumpy. And as soon as the captain comes on, he goes, yeah, sorry, you know, we're kind of stuck here. We, we have to burn some fuel before we can climb up and get out of this. And as soon as we burned off that fuel and we were able to climb up, it was like smooth as glass. And I was like, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, there's a lot of aircraft that are like that. I mean, triple sure. sevens like that. Yeah, but going, yeah. So like if you're doing long haul with that, they'll start, you'll start cruising at like 27. Right. Until they burn and then they start stepping up. Yeah. Especially on, you know, mainland US to Australia. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start low and you start climbing higher as you burn more fuel. Yeah. So I think that's, that was the only thing that was kind of negative about it. My, uh, I think I've had my last flight on the MD-80. Yeah, I have for sure. And my last flight was on an American Airlines yeah. to Savannah. Yeah, that's right. From here? Yeah, Dallas to Savannah. And it was a bumpy, stormy day. And I was, and we almost, we were delayed mm-hmm. departing. Because one of the ramp guys, his jacket or something like that gets sucked into the APU and let. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, no. It, was a, it wasn't. It was a, um, you know, in the summertime in Texas, they yeah. have, they'll have the sweat rags. Yep. It was a sweat rag that got sucked into the APU. Oh, <laughs> man. And so, I saw, I saw, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, we should be off the gate by now. And I see the the captain is outside walking around the ring and he gets to the back side of the ring wing and he's motioning to the guy in the back and he's doing the th- thumbs up, thumbs down. And he's shaking his head. Yeah, no, no. Okay. And he turns around and goes back in. I'm like, oh, that can't be good. That can't be good. <laughs> down? Be, no? Okay. No. That's not good. That's never a good sign. Thumbs nope. down. Uh-uh. Thumbs down. Nope. This just in. Thumbs down is not good. It's not good. 
All right, so MD80717, talking about that one. What do you think our next one should be? Obviously, it's going to be, oh, you know what? Let's go, let's let's work this chronologically. So I think the next one is probably the 757. I think the 737. Well, no, because we're talking more so on modern ones, modern variants of that one, I think. There is no modern variant of the 757. Oh, I no, see. No, 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 you're no. saying modern variants of the 737. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, 757. So talk to me about your experience with the 757. I think this is, this is kind of a punt, right? Because everybody... I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people out there love the 757. Yep. And more so, even the airlines like the 757 and are looking to fill, fill, fill that void in the market. Yeah. They're trying to fill that void in the market with a new aircraft that I guess the airlines are working on now. I don't know if there's, I know some like Airbus has the 321 XLR or something like that. And which I hate that concept, the letters or no, the, the narrow body ultra long haul stuff. Yeah. But that's what the airlines are doing. Yeah, I know. And I mean, technically this, that's what the 757 did, which was a narrow body long haul. Right. But if you were to compare like a, the fuselage of a 757, with an A321 or even the 737. Like the 757 is a bigger airplane. It's a bigger cabin. It's not a wide body. No. It's still a narrow body, but it is wider. It is more comfortable. Really? I'm going to challenge you on that one. I'm going to say the 321 is more comfortable. Well, maybe more comfortable, but I still think the fuselage is larger the diameter of the fuselage. Really? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna have to make some notes here yep. and uh, look up some specs because things things are getting heated on this. Things year. are getting. This is. Podcast. I know this is a very sensitive topic for some. Because listen, you it, have some uh, diehard seven five seven fans. You know, look, uh, and I like the seven five seven. As long as it's not configured from the 80s, which American loves to do. Yes. So United still has 757s, and they are all, they have some that are domestic long haul flights coast to coast that have 20 lay flats in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those are great. Yeah. Even the economy in United, I think, is fine on the 757. There is a, there are a couple bonus rows on the 757 where you're at the exit row and there's just no seats in front of you at all. Yep. It's just, there's a wall on the other side of the door. Yep. And it's, that's, those, those seats are pretty good. I do, the the 757 is the first airplane I ever flew on that had in-flight entertainment. Oh, the when I was, CRT? Like, yeah. When, yeah. When I was in, it was like the mid nineties, I think, or early nineties actually. And I flew on a 757 and I was like, man, there's TVs in here and they're going to play a movie for us. This is awesome. <laughs> it's like a VHS type movie. Oh yeah. It was all shaky. You couldn't hear what was going on <laughs> whatsoever. That was awesome. Yeah, I like the performance of the 7572 because that thing's, that is a powerful airplane. And that's why, you know, the airlines liked it is because it could, it, you know, could get into smaller fields. It was very high performance. High performance and also the tall landing gear give it that ability to get in because it can rotate, which is something that they can't do with the 757. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the big thing is what kind of started all this whole controversy is that the, the engines, right? The aircraft is built for a a specific type of engine and since they've more or less just modified the engine make the engines bigger yeah they could put it higher up on the wing they had to put it higher up on the wing the landing gear had to be you know adjusted but even still before before the max you know 737s were starting to take over a lot of the routes of the 757 because the 757s are getting older you can still get new 737s but the you know at a high altitude short runway the 737 can't do what the 757 could could do it could do short runway high seven altitude. five over seven three yeah yeah i was looking this up and i can't find it oh here we go so the fuselage width in so it d- depends on variant it looks like well, oh three, cabin here we're gonna no, no, excuse me cabin is 139 inches it looks like a cross it doesn't seem like that much because it isn't that much 
139 inches divided by 12. This is the part of the podcast where we do math. Is about 11 and a half feet. That's actually probably about right. Okay. So that is the 757. So what is the width on a... Please be less, please be less, please be less, please be less. Hang on, hang on. Let's find it. Please Let's go less. there together. The... 139. Width? Where's my width? Where's my width? Height? Really? Come on. Come on. You're in luck. There's no width. Yep, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's zero. It's zero. Height, wing, uh, wingspan, length. Yeah, there really is no width. Really? How did they? This is like a key thing to over overlook is the width. Anyway, so I I like the 757 and I'm agreeing with you. That, that was one of the... So Americans still operating some of the ones with the CRTs and they've actually pulled some of the CRTs out. And in like first class, I got upgraded first class to... Uh, it was Boston to Philly. And they've gotten rid of all of the in-seat entertainments even. Yeah. And so they have a tablet holder in the seat in the back. And if you're going to like, for instance. I like the tablet holder. Really? Yeah. I don't. I want I want in-flight entertainment. I, I, I hate having to worry about, oh, what did I download for a movie on my iPad or something like that? See, I always have stuff downloaded. Oh, uh, well. Because that's, I prefer my entertainment over what they've got on yeah. the aircraft. I just use it as an opportunity to see movies that I would never rent or. Watch. I do that on long haul. On long haul, I'll, I'll I'll watch what they've got on the aircraft. So yeah, I like the Delta. I think had a seven five seven that I flew on that was actually really nice, and I really enjoyed that. But I think that was more of the airline product than necessarily the aircraft. So I think moving on, our next once you pull up that stat, if you find that stat, I feel like I'm the, super close to finding that stat. So I would say the seven thirty seven. Even yeah, seven thirty seven. So obviously there's tons of them out there, and it was inevitable that it was going to end up on our favorite, or I should say, our top ten list. But more so, I liked the Delta had a actually Delta and United had a or do operate the 900 ER, which I find to be a very nice configured aircraft yeah. as far as everything goes. And when I was flying Delta more often, the 737 that I was on, the 900 ER, I flew one like on a red eye from Salt Lake City to Boston in first class. And that was actually pretty nice. That was nice and comfortable. The only complaint I have about the first class, and this might be a United specific complaint, I'm not sure. The first class seats on the 737 when they're when your seat's in the full upright locked position for takeoff and landing, yeah, it is literally directly upright. There's uh, no yeah. like slight camber or bend to it, so there's lumbar support or anything. Mm -hmm. It's like literally like having your back against the wall, but, and it's it's just miserable. One thing that I dislike over the actually, and this applies to the seven five and the seven three seven, is the window. The window is further down in the seven three seven and the seven five than the A three twenty ones. I find like if I rest my head up against yeah, the wall. Yeah, because the A321 is kind of in the curve up a little bit. So yep. it's in the up versus the 7.5 is definitely on the flats. Yeah, which is annoying because when I want to look outside, I have to like <laughs> hunch over. But nothing compares to the window placement of the CRJ200, which is <laughs> at your in, knees. in commercial capacity, hands down the worst window placement of any aircraft yeah. in service today. Yeah, hands yeah. down. Hands down. I agree with you on that one. But yeah, I, I like the 900ER variant. I haven't flown the Max. I know you flew the Max before it was grounded. Um, I did fly the Max. And what were your thoughts on that? I know the interior is a little bit updated and it's got the slimline seats, which are highly contended. Cabin width. Here we go. I found it. What was the other one? 139 inches or 11 and a half feet ish. Yeah, we're moving on. Oh, anyways. Ooh. Owie. Yeah. So it is wider. That's mind boggling to me. I know, anyways, right? anyway. the 757 is still the better plane. It is. No, anyway, I agree. 737. 
What were we talking about on the 7.3? <laughs> uh, I like the 900 variant. Oh, you were talking about the... Uh, oh, the Max. You had flown the Max before it got yeah, grounded. I did fly the Max. Uh, the Max, to me, felt more like a Dreamliner, like a, a mini Dreamliner. Yeah, and that, that's what I would expect, right? Yeah. They would take all the, the benefits of what they developed in the 7.8 yeah. and say, hey, let's see if we can shoehorn it in this little airplane. I liked it. I, I, it, was a, it was a nice ride, and I flew it from Orlando to Houston on United yep. uh, before it was grounded, and I would have no problems of flying on a United Max again. Yeah. What, yeah. So uh, so that's actually something that's very interesting to note and that you kind of brought up. You'd have no problems hopping back into a 737 Max. Correct. Okay. Why? Because I'd have no problem flying on any 737. And if you look back in the history of the 737, when it was designed, it was plagued with problems and killed a lot of people. And they worked that stuff out and it became a great airplane. And the same story for the DC-10 and the same story for the early 747s too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. I didn't know that. There is the same story with the early A320s. Oh, yeah. I know that because there's notably a, uh, uh, a video out there of because the A320 has like some sort of augmented. It's uh, fly by wire. Yeah. Flight control yeah. system. The the inputs are differently at different airspeeds. Right. The computer makes a decision as to whether or not right. you can yank on the yoke all you want or the side stick. It's yep. a side stick in the 320. If the computer doesn't like it, it won't do it. Really? Yes. I didn't. I was unaware of that. I thought it, it did the inputs. It just how fast it did the inputs. Like, for instance, the roll rate might be a little bit slower at high speeds compared to low speeds. Yeah. Something along those lines. So the the computer has is the final authority on the three twenties. Ah, because I, I know that there's a video out there of them doing the demo flights and the test flights, and the computer got stuck. Yep. And it was in like a landing configuration, and, and it just augured right into the trees. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Had a so. lot of people on that plane too. No, 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 no. There was no. No, there there was about thirty people on that plane. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway. Moving on from so, that sort of stuff. So that's why I have no problem with when when the Max comes back. Yeah. I mean, I've already done it. I've already flown yeah. on it. Well, I mean, arguably, that's what MCAS is, right? I feel as though U.S. pilots, I would not go fly on a foreign carrier with it right now. Okay. Besides maybe Lufthansa, but they don't have it anyways. Because I fly on them a lot. Sure. Right. I understand them. Sure. United American-based training and pilots... I firmly believe are a higher caliber of pilot okay. than what you get in third world countries that barely have training programs of any kind. Sure. Where you've got, you know, there was, if you look at the, uh, I forget which flight it was, but one of those two planes, whether it was the Lion Air or the Egypt Air, I single-handedly have more time than both of the pilots that were flying that airplane. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't, I, I have, I have not, I don't, I don't typically follow any of the, any accident, regardless of what it is. I don't follow any of the hype or the media or the, the conversations I around look, it. I look for the reports. Yeah. I only want to read the reports. And, and I, I'll wait until it's kind of a pain because you, you want to find out and people are obviously talking about it. You want to find out what's going on. Um, I get you, very angry, angry when I listen to the opinions and speculations of it. Right. And that's, that's why I just kind of, I, I separate myself, especially this one more so because because oddly enough, it kind of hits close to home. Just in the, yeah, I think it does in the work. Well, no, no, no. In the work that we do yeah. um, after after this this happened, um, we we got a lot of questions. Not necessarily from from customers, but from the FAA themselves. Yep. They go, hey, you guys do something sort of like this. What's yeah? What's and going Sirius on here? had a bunch of stuff that came up too with the yeah. vision jet. Oh yeah, with it. the the AOA probes. Yep. So yeah, but, but in any case, so I just was curious on your thoughts on that. Of the, yeah, the Max. I think it comes down to the well, I mean, it's aircraft the same stuff thing. and also pilot training. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? So I think, geez, a couple months before I got on my 787, which is on here, my 787 flight, they had the battery issue. 
Yep. They had battery fires. And I wasn't I wasn't too worried about it. I mean, yeah, I was going across the Atlantic, but I figured they would hopefully figure stuff out before. Just dip it in the water. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. fire's out. Just in the back. You know, <laughs> whoop, little splash. So that's why I've got no problem with okay. it. When, right. it. when it comes back, I'll, I'll gladly fly it. So let's hop on. I know we're going to deviate a little and bit And also, here. you know, with oh. the Ooh. amount of scrutiny and everything that's gone into it, yeah. it's going to be a great airplane. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Gonna be, it's going to be a, uh, heavily, gonna be a brick house. Yeah, heavily focused, that's for sure, as far yeah. as its first U.S. flight, for sure. But I just touched on one of the aircraft that's on here. So I, I took a Virgin America, Virgin America, geez, Virgin Atlantic flight on yes. a 787-900 that was two weeks old. Ooh. Yeah, that was actually, that was pretty awesome. Again, I think you kind of maybe touched on it with the 737 that you were talking about when the MAX, but the... 7879 when we were taking off it was the most unnerving thing in the world because it sounded like somebody was vacuuming yeah like at the other quiet. yeah the other end of the house i was like are we at full power like are yeah. we are we going to make it at the end of this runway and it did i mean it was super quiet it climbed like a bat out of hell yep and it was an incredibly smooth ride i felt so i had flown when did i fly so that was actually my first transatlantic flight and i felt pretty good at the end of it yeah uh, i didn't sleep that great on it because just the seats were they were a little bit thinner um and i don't think they were yeah. kind of broken in i think i think there is a little bit of a break-in period for well, seats i think the airlines are, are going with thinner seats now from a they can fit more and still not compromise leg room so. sure sure and i think some of it was it wasn't broken in because yeah. it was a two-week-old airplane because i was like oh man how is this thing two weeks old uh anyway so the, the, the flight was a little bit, the seat itself was a little bit uncomfortable, but the, the window, talk about window placement. Oh, I window, love the windows on that thing. First amazing, of all, they're huge, huge which is windows. awesome. That was kind of unnerving too. I was like, this thing's huge. Did they had the dimming switch on there? Also? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a night flight, so unfortunately, yeah. but on the, on the way out there, on the way back, excuse me, it was a daytime flight and I got to mess with it a little bit and they will, uh, you know, and I've flown the 787 a handful of times mm -hmm. now to and from, let's see, where have I gone with it? I've gone to Brazil with it. I've mm -hmm. gone to Australia a couple of times with it and from Houston to London mm -hmm. with it also. I love flying on the 787. It's great. And I'm actually looking forward. I have a flight on it. Uh, like I was telling you before, I have a flight on it next month. Um, that I'm looking forward to a domestic flight. The, uh, yeah, I've flown it domestically too, actually from Houston to, or Chicago to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. The 787 has this, in my opinion, it's, it's a different feel. So a lot of the same routes that it's flying, it's the, tr the routes that the triple seven is flying. Yep. And I, when you look at the two aircraft, comparatively speaking, in my opinion, at least the triple seven is a very hard, rigid, get the job done type airplane. Yeah, yep. And the 787 is a get the job done type airplane, but it does it with a lot more comfort. Sure. You I know, agree. Yeah. The, with a composite fuselage, they're able to infuse humidity into mm -hmm. the air. So you don't land quite as completely dehydrated. The pressure is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. They can pressurize it to a lower altitude, which yep. is also good. It's more flexible, mm -hmm. in my opinion, when you go through turbulence, it's not as, you know, the triple seven. It's is like a, a skipping it's a, a rock across the water. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's got a little bit more give on that. And I've, I've quite enjoyed it. Like I said, I've done Houston to Melbourne on it a couple times. I've done Houston to London on it a couple times. I've Which done, is a, what's the Melbourne flight from Houston? 16 hours. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. 
it's only a 40 minute flight home from there. So it's, uh, I, I, I quite enjoy the 787 a lot. I think that's my, my, my crown jewel of, uh, of airliners that I can fly on a regular basis right yeah. now. Yeah. Kind of in the same category, in the same generation and in, in development time frame, we have on here the 747-800, which we both have flown. Yep. So Lufthansa has the 747-800. I had never flown on a 747 before flying on on this uh, excuse me i'd never flown a 747 before before the 800 so okay. I, I have nothing as far as like a, a comparison goes but I, again i remember being very quiet i remember feeling like are we climbing fast enough are we gonna are we gonna make it out of here type deal yeah and it's I've, just because it's a big it's a big airplane, airplane. yeah it's huge i've flown the dash eight two times now yeah and i've flown a 400 once okay the 400 I flew, all three of them were Lufthansa. Yep. And the 400 I flew from Dubai to Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. So I uh, flew on the 400 over Tehran, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be really... It's, it's yeah, I and I had, uh, had some tummy tummy issues at that point too oh boy thank you middle eastern cuisine <laughs> and uh the 74-8 is in my opinion i think that's probably one of the most aesthetically pleasing looking aircraft yeah out there. I'll, I'll give you that one it's a beautiful that airplane. wing swept it's got to be a pretty aggressive wing swept too <laughs> you know why you spend your weekends in my in my office because people don't like you uh, <laughs> people love me actually you know it's funny that's all I get is hey man love your podcast that Pete guy though he sucks <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to go back to our early episodes once they get to know me they'll like me they'll like you yeah they'll, they'll like you real quick so one thing that was I think this is more of a Lufthansa thing and I don't know if the, the 400 had it but I got to fly in premium economy yeah. on the flight out there and that was nice I mean it that I would say the premium economy on Lufthansa rivaled first class for a lot of domestic domestic flights. flights. Yeah, yeah it was that's, so that's, nice. Yeah, that's that's par for the course with pr uh, premium economy, as they call it. Yeah, I've actually flown regular economy on the Dash Eight and business class on the Dash Eight and the Four Hundred, yeah. up, both upstairs. Oh, yes. How is that? It is awesome. Is it cool? It's so awesome upstairs. Yeah. It's not nearly as packed as the downstairs is because sure. it's, it's a 2-2 two -two configuration up there and there's exit rows and so forth. So there's only like... 20 people that are up there. So it's it's very private. And you exclusive. have a lab up there and everything? You get your own bathroom, uh -huh. you get your own meal service, you get your own everything. It's great. And I actually flew on, um, and this is a plane that like follows me around the world. Lufthansa has a 7478 that's painted in a retro paint scheme. Mm -hmm. I've flown on that one. Oh, you have? Yeah. I flew yeah. that from Frankfurt to Boston. Oh, no Which kidding. is a weird nod to my great-grandparents, not my great-grandparents, my grandparents used to fly from Frankfurt to Boston on oh. Lufthansa to come visit visit us when they were come home from Germany because my grandparents lived in Germany. For oh, that's crazy. A lot. So it was, a, it was weird yeah, to be doing that yeah. on a retro paint scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. top of that, and huh. it was like a, a little weird, nostalgic. Yeah, a little nostalgia from the past. I, honestly, with the the blended winglets and the the chevrons on the on the engine exhausts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just this, those small touches, the longer hump on the dash eight. I think it's just a beautiful looking airplane. Okay. All right. I, I, the queen of the skies. Uh, as I raise my glass of water. <laughs> raise your glass of water. So let's let's continue on the large Big and planes? charge plane. So you have up here, and unfortunately, this is one that's on my bucket list that I'm worried will never be one that I get to cross off just to the fact that airlines are kind of getting rid of them pretty quick. 
Yeah. And there's not a lot of them. There's one, there's one out of here that I could go on. And I have a feeling I'm not going to make to Australia anytime soon. Oh, well, if you can, I highly recommend it. It's a great yeah. ride. So the A380 and you have Qantas up on the board. I've flown it for two different airlines, actually. I've flown it on Qantas and I've flown it on Singapore. Okay. Oh, and I bet Singapore. What was that like? Singapore is ultra exclusive. Yeah. What an unbelievable airline that is. And also a great country. It's, I, I really enjoyed going to Singapore. Yeah. The airline was great. I was in premium economy mm-hmm. uh, on that flight and the row in or the section in front of my section, which as soon as you're off the gate, you're not allowed to see what's up there. Those are all private oh, suites. The, the suites. Yeah. They're oh, all the that's Chris, awesome. Chris suites or whatever they're called. Yeah. And uh, the, the premium economy was great. It had the, you know, like you said, the domestic first class seats, mm-hmm. but they reclined further and they've got like a kickstand that comes yeah, out the so for, your, for your legs and all that stuff. Food was great. Service was great. The, uh, the A380 is a tremendous ride. Okay. Why it, is that? It, in my opinion, it is the equivalent of being on a cruise ship but oh. in the sky the way it's it it takes the turbulence with such smoothness uh-huh. and you can feel because of the size of the aircraft it's you can feel like it like it porpoises into the turbulence it's not like a boom we hit it oh it's yeah, like yeah. A, yeah we got through it it's fine it's because it takes it takes probably a lot of wind to move that thing so yeah and she's heavy and it's uh, my only complaint about the 380 is it's not super fast like the 747 is a fast airplane the a380 is not sure well i mean it's a big airplane, so. Yeah, the seven four seven is a big airplane too, but the it's the nose aerodynamics that are the uh, difference because yeah. of that giant forehead that the A three eighty has. <laughs> the it, it causes to be. We, we were flying down to I think we were going to Melbourne, Australia, and I had friends. We were everybody connected through Los Angeles, yep. and they were on a Qantas A three eighty from L A to Melbourne, and I was on a United seven eight seven dash nine from L A to Melbourne, and they took off about forty minutes ahead of me, and I landed about thirty minutes ahead of them. Oh, wow. So not, I mean, that's noticeable. I mean, that's, over, that's over a 15 hour flight. Yeah. But still an hour shaving off an hour. That's yeah. pretty good. And I mean, some of that probably had to do with the rooting and maybe we were pretty close rooting. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. We, I literally flew right by him and I was like, yeah, that's them. <laughs> that's actually pretty awesome yeah so that's the the other thing but it it is a super comfortable ride to talk about the windows for a minute the windows are funky on the 380 why because even if you have a window seat there's a good half a foot between you and the wall oh weird and then the window is through like it's a normal size window Uh and then it's a portal on the other side that you're like looking through so it gets smaller as you look through it oh I see it's it's actually fairly far away from you oh that's weird yeah it's super bizarre the when the 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 window set up on that plane hmm. but it's a nice ride yeah it really is a comfortable ride yeah i have a feeling just with airlines kind of getting rid of them and kind of the shift towards you know more of the thinner not narrow bodies but you know the Ultra thinner long range yeah the ulrs or whatever they want to call them so let's talk we have two aircraft on here that are the same model However, two airlines operate them differently. Yep. Well, I'm going to take the first one. I don't think you've flown on the second one, but in any case, so I'll take the first one. I've flown on the second one. The JetBlue 321? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so American flies a whole buttload of 321s, Airbus yep. 321s. And I love the 321 because it's wider. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I also like it because there's one particular seat and it's not a seat that's uncommon on other airframes, but this one in particular is very common 
on this Airbus model. And so what it is, is there's an exit row. There's two seats in the exit row and the row behind it is a full row. And in the window side, there's no seat in front of the row in, or there's no seat in the row in front of you on the window. And it's actually because it's an exit. You got to operate the exit door and there's a flight attendant that sits in that seat directly in front of you. And so you have aisle access as well as you have a window seat, which yeah. is always awesome. There's actually a similar setup to that, like that on the Airbus 321 that JetBlue flies yep. for the transatlantic, or excuse me, transatlantic, not yet, but they're transcontinental. They have their first row in economy uh, on the mint planes that have that first class lay flat seats. Yep. Same kind of setup. You can have a window seat, but there's no, there's no seats in front of you. It's a the exit row and you have, uh, you know, right in front of you is the, the bulkhead or whatever in a, a, yep. a lab, which is awesome. Cause if you want to go to the bathroom, you just stand up, go to the bathroom. Yep. Um, but it, you have a window seat access. So that's why I like the 321 for those two airlines. Um, and I always try to get that seat on American. It's, you know, tough every once in a while because it's even more space or whatever they call it, where you have to pay more, you have to have status to select it. And JetBlue, I don't unfortunately get to fly anymore. I will say I got to fly the mint class on two occasions on JetBlue. And it's awesome. One was a red eye and then one was just a regular day flight. And I, it was outstanding. It was yeah, great. Anytime you can get a lay flight seat, do it. Oh, especially when it's an <laughs> overnight flight. Yes. That's, that's where it's. So United doesn't have 321s, but they have 320s and 319s. Yeah. And I like it. It's a, I think it's a comfortable airplane to ride in. You know, I'd say 70% of the time I'm upgraded in first class anyways, and that's a nice ride up there. Right. Uh, but they, United has over overhauled all their 320s and 319s so that they're all new interiors and they're all new seats and they're all new everything. Because they bought a lot, they're buying a lot of leftover 320s from, um, I think it was EasyJet that sold a bunch of them. Oh, okay. So they're, they're bringing them in and they're refitting them with everything to make them United aircraft and cleaning them up and new paint and new interiors and all this new stuff on them, so. They're, they're nice aircraft. Funny enough that I you had triggered something in my brain that made me think of this. So United does a lot of their aircraft final painting in Fort Worth. Yes, they do. And I was flying on Friday. And when I was walking out to my car, the 78710 yep. flew over the airport that I was at because it's on the final approach course for Meacham Field. And I didn't even know about it until I looked on my cell phone later in the Facebook group and they were like, oh, the 78710 just flew over. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah, I think it's going to be their first uh, wide body that's in the new paint scheme for United. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. No. The... To continue on the 320 subject for a moment, sure. There, you did say you made a, you slipped earlier and you said transatlantic on the 320. Yeah. And there is actually a 319 that flies transatlantic. Yeah. Who is that? British Airways? British Airways. Yeah. yeah they fly. So let's do real quick before you get into like that ultimate, like super nice yep. uh, British Airways flight. Let's just talk about how weird the 319 looks. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to say this. this it's is a an, goofy looking airplane. It's not a negative thing. It's, it's a, a three, short bus. The 319 is, uh, all right. The 318, the 318 is yeah. so goofy looking. Yo, so goofy. It's just, it, it's so it's like it's like a little kid with a big hat is the way I describe it, because the wings are the same size as a 320 and I believe a 321, but the fuselage is just shorter. It's the short bus. It's it the is, short bus. It literally, it's an Airbus short bus. <laughs> I don't think we're the words first with friends. I don't think we're the uh, first ones to make that comment. Anyway. So anyways. The three, I think it's a 318. It's a 318 that they do it with. It's all first and class. It's all first class. And if you recall, an aircraft that should have made our list in hindsight that is yeah. not on our list, which is the Concorde. 
Oh, well, which yeah. Neither one of us flew on it ever. Right. I mean, I've walked inside one. Yeah. I've seen it. It's a beautiful aircraft. Yeah. Unbelievable performance. Super dangerous, obviously. Oh, yeah. British Airways used to fly the Concorde from, you know... JFK, Dulles... Heathrow to various northeast locations. Yep. It was JFK, Dulles. Um, it, they flew it to... It did... It toured... Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it went into Orlando. End, it, it went into Miami. It's been it's been here in Dallas. It's been to yeah, Dallas. Yeah. And uh, when they lost... The aircraft, and mm-hmm. they retired the aircraft. They lost that ultra exclusive mm-hmm. offering that they had for their customers. So, to replace that, if you ever wanted to go from a Concorde to an Airbus, this is how they do that. This is how they do it. They they took an A three eighteen and they reequipped the A three eighteen. It has ultra long range tanks in it, or whatever they did yep. to, to give it more range. It's a lighter aircraft because it's only business class. It's an exclusive business class only configuration. And I want to say maybe fifty seats. No, it's like it's like 30, oh, 25, really? 30. Okay, it's yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's ah, that small. And uh, they, they fly that from JFK to uh, London City. London City, City yep. yeah. And if uh, if you've ever had a chance to Google short airports, that is a very tiny short runway airport. Yep. And it's actually, it's a challenge too, because it has a steeper descent glide slope yes. than any other descent angle than any airport in so their crews Typical that they fly areas. in there have extra special training yep. specifically for that airport in order to be authorized to fly on that route yep. with those with those passengers. So Concorde mm-hmm. was a great aircraft. And if you're an ultra-exclusive British Airways customer, you could have flown on the Concorde or <laughs> an A318. Yeah, I mean. Which is the Concorde of tomorrow, apparently. <laughs> yeah, as far as exclusiveness, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great. That's a, I mean, I wish... I wish, yeah. I wish that Concorde still was flying and uh, beautiful. I'm, I'm still like awestruck by the Concords when I see them in the museums, mm-hmm. and I watch a lot of documentaries on them. It was kind of, biz- I, I mean, I understood it, but when you see it in real life, it, it kind of, you know, reiterates that it's a small airplane. Yeah, it's a small airplane. It's not big. Yeah, and if you look at you know what that aircraft did, which was transatlantic routes, yeah, it's just a regular configuration in the interior. There's no lay flat. There's no. no, it's a, it's what basically it's not as good as domestic first class. Right, right, right. It's I mean, they're lesser this, than that, but to be fair, it's doing it quickly. Yeah. You're, you're going two times. As you really want to take a nap while you're doing Mach 2 or are you going to be awake for that? <laughs> I mean, for a little bit, you're at. You're like, well, that's Mach 2. All right. Well, wake me up 40 minutes when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we tried real hard one night to go see the Concorde when it went on its retirement tour. And I'm going to go on a tangent here and tell this story. Do it. My dad, mm-hmm. big airplane nerd. Yep. This was where I get it from. We had, uh, the, they were announced the retirement of the Concorde. They announced the retirement tour of the Concorde. And one of the stops was in Logan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, okay. Because it, it toured all the places that it had visited and it had flown to Logan before. So mm-hmm. we went out to Revia. Revia kid. And we're watching all the airplanes come over and land because we're right under the, the approach. And we ran into some other people from college that I knew, mm-hmm. like my friend Ryan was there and a few other people were there. And we're sitting there and I'm like, man, this this is like before iPhones. Oh, yeah. So you can't aware. just look and see where yeah, things are. Yeah, yeah. And you could see, you know, the aircraft coming overhead and you can see the runway in front of us. And you hear... Landed on the crossing runway. Oh no! <laughs> so I was like, "All right, well, let's let's go to Central Parking. Let's flip it around. Let's go to Central Parking, and we'll watch it from there." Mm-hmm. So we turn around, we get up to Central Parking, 
it's parked over on the GA side. Yeah, by signature. <clears throat> by signature. And my friend Frank, yep. we'll call him, yep. had flown in in a 182 from Hanscom to look at it also. And they had a few people with them. And I said, I said, well, if you guys don't mind, I said, I can take one of you in my dad's car back and one of you can take my dad with you in the 182 so he can get a picture of it. So they agreed, which I have no idea why they would agree to that. <laughs> but turns out I was actually a pretty good salesman, which explains how my life has gone. Say explains a lot. And my dad went down there and literally everywhere that they went, they had it hooked up and they were towing it to a hangar to put it in. And it was like silhouetting behind another airplane every single way that he went. He never saw the damn No! Not even once. He had a ride in 182 back to hey. Hanscom. And I did 90 in his Camaro on the way back. To- <laughs> <laughs> so you probably beat him. Yeah, I definitely beat him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he never... We never, never were able to capture that, uh, oh, man. that elusiveness of it. <sighs> that sucks. Anyways, tangent over. Yes. Let's talk about where there are two planes up on that list that say, uh-uh, don't, don't go on me. And I, you know, I'm not going to say they're in the don't go on me. I'm going to say they're in the unexciting category. Okay. Because you can go on them. But man, are they unexciting. So one that I had the opportunity to go on, and one is a bucket list airplane that you kind of crush my dreams on. But As I do. Yeah. So I was taking a flight from Boston to Zurich. Zurich? Yep. So I was going to Zurich, and it was on a 767-200. Which is the A318 767. Yeah. It was uh, was unexciting. Um, Those aircraft, I believe, are being retired in the process of being retired. Yeah. So it wasn't a great airplane. Also, it was a uh, a very light load. So there weren't a lot of people there. I did have my own row, yep. but it was, and it was one of those two by two, it was 242. Yep. I think is what they're typically. And it was in there. It wasn't in their, their premium or upgraded economy. It was in just the regular economy yep. and it was not comfortable whatsoever. I've, I've flown it a couple times and, you know, the 767 is kind of a no thrills. Yeah. Aircraft. It's, a, it's, it's a fat 757. It's, yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, it's the same type rating for, for both of them. It's uh, the United has a handful, and it's a very small handful of 767-400s. Yep. And that's a pretty well appointed aircraft because yep. these are these were continental airplanes mm-hmm. that are now United airplanes. They're nice interiors. They're all new, everything. They've got blended winglets on them. There's very few routes that they actually fly them on. They have Polaris business class in them, which is nice. But the 300s are old and tired that they have and not updated. And uh, they got rid of all their 200s, but I did fly on a 200 from Chicago to Munich a, maybe a decade ago. Yeah. And oh man, that was old yeah. and unexciting. And a little rough. A little rough. Yeah. It was, it was so boring. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm going to Europe. Yeah. On this? On this thing? Womp, womp. So, yeah. That's, that's the old one that I would poo-poo. And then the new one that I would poo-poo. Yeah, which is really bums me out. Is the... Because it looks good. It's got that blended, you know, the blended winglet. A350. It's got the, you know, upgraded engines. It looks like the cabin is really nice and well-appointed. So go ahead. Crush my dreams. It's, uh, it's a fancy-looking A330. Which isn't that is like a seven six seven, yeah. Okay, well, I put the A three thirty in the triple seven category. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. The A three fifty competes against the seven eight seven, and yep. I've flown on both of them for long hauls. And the seven eight seven does that new generation of travel feel substantially better. Hmm. 
it does that. Do you think it was an airline thing? I don't know. I mean, what was the A350? What? It was Lufthansa. Oh, so no. So by all accounts, Lufthansa's service in has it dialed in. Yeah, they've they've got it. They've got it on lock. And uh, you know, versus my United. 787, which, I mean, I love United. They're my, they're my people, but it's fairly no thrills. No, yeah. It's, it's get the job done. And it was, I was so looking forward to flying on the A350 hmm. because I do love flying on the 787. Yeah, yeah. And it just fell short for me. Hmm. It was just, it felt like I was still just flying on an A330 with a different winglet on it. That was it. And different motors. You don't even really notice it. No. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Was it the 900? Yeah, it had to be the 900 because I don't think the 1000 is out. It was a, yeah, I think it was a 900. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was a couple of years ago now. Maybe, no, a year and a half ago. We flew it from, uh, no, you know what? This was last year. Oh, really? Wow. So it was recent. Yeah, that was this past year. 2019 or 2018? 2019. Okay. Yep. It was January. We flew it from the Northeast to Europe, mm. and I was in premium economy, the last row of premium economy, and Ashley was in economy in the first row of economy. <laughs> she wouldn't take my seat. She wouldn't take my seat. That's uh, sweet of her. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no guilt there whatsoever. Sure. So I, I'm sure it's a great performing aircraft, and I genuinely do believe that aesthetically it is a beautiful looking aircraft for sure. Uh, but flying on it was just it fell short for me, and I'm sure you'll get to fly on it at some point. Yeah, I hope so. And I look forward to hearing unless, your thoughts. Unless on this it. review makes it out there and Lufthansa's like, uh, yeah, if this cancels the orders, if this <laughs> if this review is going to get out there and it's going to sink Airbus, I yeah. think uh, for sure it's oh, going to be yeah. A318s galore. Oh no, for oh, no days. 321s with a with that bone. A seat <clears throat> or the mint mint 321s yeah, yeah they build yeah. those in uh mobile alabama mobile yeah i've been there yeah had a good funny story uh for another podcast for another episode. story had, <laughs> had a hilarious evening there in mobile once uh, flew the cirrus to uh copa yeah Cirrus owners and pilots association copa, copa. flew in in the afternoon had a great evening flew out in the morning never went to the show <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, we had. Uh, it's a story for another time with another a, time. A mutual person that we both know, Hank, mm. Frank, <laughs> Hank, Hank, Frank, Frank and Hank, Frank and Hank, Frank and Hank. Yeah, that's what we should have done. Should have been Frank and Hank Frank instead and of Hank. Frank and Ferdinand. What Dang it, we're idiots. Idiots. Anyways, those are our list of favorite aircraft. Top ten aircrafts. Till next time, where we talk about other favorite things. I don't know how to end this one. Do we just end it? Yeah, I think we just end it. Until next time. Until next time. See you See guys. Ya. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Life Adventure PS and Instagram Life Adventures Pete Simpson. views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of the collaborators and do not necessarily represent the thoughts or opinions of the authors, employers, organizations, committees, or other groups or individuals.